Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of BBP News. I'm Nicholas Rod. Chris Baker's here with me. We are back with another Friday morning episode. Chris, start us off in the normal Friday morning fashion by giving us the weather headed into this weekend. In Los Angeles, California, it is sunny 70. With a partly cloudy weekend in Houston, Texas, there are scattered thunderstorms, a high of 81 degrees, and a mostly sunny weekend. In Chicago, Illinois, it is mostly sunny, 53, with a mostly sunny weekend. And in New York City, it is sunny, 68, with a mostly cloudy weekend. Mm, I like it, I like it, I like it. Thank you, weatherman Chris. You are so welcome. I am here to serve. (laughs) So a new report came out this week, Nick, because we, we love reading reports and discussing reports. They're always interesting. Yeah, the interesting ones, and then sometimes we get a little nerdy about some of them. Well, I mean, yeah, but how are we supposed to help that? Yeah. So there's a new new report out from the World Happiness. It's called the World Happiness Report, and Mm -hmm. it goes over the top 10 happiest countries. Do you have any guesses? Uh, You know... Honestly, I have no idea. Uh, up until this point, until we just talked about this, I didn't even know that a World Happiness Report existed. Um, so well, I have no idea what country. Would it would surprise be you that the United States is not on that list? <laughs> uh, no, no, that doesn't surprise me one bit. If it was like on, you know, top five or above, I would be worried about the other countries. Um, I would be terrified. But number one is Finland, number two is Denmark, number three is Iceland, four is Switzerland, five Netherlands, number six Luxembourg, seven Sweden, eight Norway, nine Israel, ten New Zealand. You know, honestly, I'm surprised Sweden is not a little bit higher. It's kind of interesting because a lot of those countries, you know, Sweden, Denmark, Norway, Finland, all of those like Northern European countries. Now... You might be wondering where the United States falls in all of this. They fall mm-hmm. in the 16th place, which is an improvement from the year before because they were at number 19. So I suppose we're getting a little bit we're, happier. We're in, yeah, we're getting better. Uh, 16, though, I can see that. That makes sense. That makes all too much sense. <laughs> and, um, you know, during the pandemic, people were donating money, being generous with tips and things like that. And they're mm-hmm. saying that is still the case in 2021 25 the donations and volunteering and helping strangers that type of thing was still up 25 percent from pre-pandemic levels that's impressive that's an impressive percentage right there wow wow and you know it's one of those things right like we had a lot of stories back in 2021 uh throughout that entire time period of the amount of donations going up the amount of gift giving going up like all these things were increasing by just dramatic percentages and to see that it's continued and to see that like it's kind of been shown in that report or kind of like presented itself in that report uh honestly just kind of like impressive to say the least you know i guess all the power to United States for moving up three points on the happiness scale. And, uh, you know, I'm curious to see if we'll continue to go up. You know, maybe we'll find ourselves in the top 10 in a couple of years. I wouldn't count on that. But anyhow, hey, a man can dream. <laughs> you know, I've heard Finn. You know, what surprised me is Canada was in the top 15, but they weren't higher up. Canada was only at 14. Mm, yeah. 
<laughs> wow. Huh. There are only two. There are only two places better than us. Two Take that, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> See the yeah, nice mess we'll coming out at me. <laughs> but anyway, we have respectful, uh, competitive spirit. Yes. More. Co who's more competitive to be nice? I don't really know if that goes well in a sentence, but just today. Ah, and who knows? Anyways, we have a lot of news to get into today, starting off with the manhunt for Frank James came to an end Wednesday afternoon when police arrested him outside the McDonald's in Manhattan. It was only a few miles away from the Brooklyn subway station where James opened fire on a busy Tuesday morning, sending off 33 rounds and injuring 23 people. Law enforcement says he actually called the police on himself. 62-year-old Frank James was New York City's most wanted man all week before he was arrested Wednesday. We're able to shrink his world quickly. There was nowhere left for him to run. Community members say they also called the police when they saw a man looking like James at that McDonald's. Surveillance video released by police shows the alleged gunman entering a subway station early that morning of the attack wheeling the same black cart that would be later recovered at the scene. Officials say James detonated two smoke bombs, then fired all 33 rounds on the subway car. After the attack, officials say James slipped off the subway car, got onto another car, and rode one stop, then escaped, sparking a multi-state manhunt. Police were able to recover some important evidence at the scene, including a 9mm handgun, three extended magazines, a hatchet, gasoline, and four firecrackers. They also found bank cards and keys to a U-Haul that investigators say James rented. A search of the van turned up a heater and clothes that made investigators believe he spent at least one night in the van. I think first and foremost, we were looking to get this guy off the street before he did any any more carnage, brought any more carnage to the city. His arrest history spans at least 15 years in several states, including New York, with nine misdemeanor charges from 1992 to 1998 in New York alone. Crimes included possession of burglary tools and criminal sex acts. Police say he bought the gun from a pawn shop in 2011. Investigators say he was a lone wolf that often posted rants on social media, some about the New York City mayor. Investigators also searched a storage unit in his name where they found ammo for an AR-15 and a silencer. The March inflation report came out Tuesday and it said inflation was up 8.5% according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. From a year ago, gasoline is up 48%, shelter is up 5%, and food is up 8.8%. The March inflation report recorded the highest inflation number since 1981, and the Fed chair is expected to meet next month to raise interest rates again in hopes of balancing out inflation. On Monday, the Biden administration and the Justice Department announced they are changing and modernizing the definition of a firearm. They are doing this to include the so-called ghost guns, and regulations that are on the books. The president has been going after these ghost guns since the beginning of his administration because they are generally easily built by purchasers or can be 3D printed at home and easily accessible online. The problem with this is, according to the Biden administration, they do not have serial numbers, and this makes it very difficult for law enforcement to track and do not require background checks to purchase. That 
changed this week on Monday. The frame or receiver final rule goes into effect in 120 days. This new rule is over 350 pages long, and in the rule, there are three major details. Serial numbers, background checks, and record keeping. The new frame or receiver rule updates the definition listed in the Gun Act of 1968 and the National Firearms Act of 1934 to make sure some modern split receivers, firearms, and parts pieces and kits used to build working firearms are required to have serial numbers. That means firearm sellers, including those who sell kits, must also conduct background checks on purchasers just like all commercially purchased guns. This isn't just for new kits. The new rule also requires federally licensed dealers and gunsmiths who take these types of guns in as part of their inventory to serialize them before reselling them. The final part is that federally licensed dealers are required to keep purchasing records until their business closes, and when and if it does close, those records must be transferred to the ATF. This new rule has been in the works for more than a year, and the Department of Justice received more than 290,000 public comments on it, which is the highest for any rule in ATF history. The Justice Department said last year alone there was more than 19,000 privately made firearms recovered by law enforcement. Critics say this new rule is not legal, but the White House press secretary had this to say. Um, this rule, uh, or the intention to put this rule forward, was announced, as you know, some time ago. And there was a lot of response to it, 250,000 comments, which is, of course, a lot to go through. What this is a reflection of, and why the president is, of course, confident or hopeful about our ability to ensure we can continue to implement it, is the fact that ghost guns uh, kill people, too. Uh, ghost guns uh, can be purchased online. People put together these kits. Uh, they're not background checks that are required. They're not under the same uh, – they're not uh, also um, uh, required to um, – uh, to have serial numbers, uh, which makes it more difficult for law enforcement to track when these have an impact um, in uh, in crimes. So, uh, of course, the president is confident in any executive order and the legal authority that he puts forward. But Starting this week, we said in the week ahead, female and male will not be the only gender markers you can select. All U.S. citizens will be able to select F for female and M for male, but also X for unspecified or another gender identity on your United States passport. The State Department says the gender you select does not need to match the gender that is on your birth certificate, previously passport, or state ID. The U.S. government will no longer require medical documentation to make the change either. You can now select X if you are applying for a U.S. passport book and selecting routine service. By late 2023, you will be able to select X as your gender marker if you need a passport card or expedited service or emergency passport. The president said that this is part of the administration's way to promote the dignity and equality of all people, including the LGBTQ community. The administration is also working to update TSA's body scanners with more accurate technology and updating TSA's standard procedure to remove gender consideration and updating TSA's pre-check and trusted traveler program to include X identifiers. The president announced another step in the effort to lower prices in Iowa. 
On Tuesday, the president announced that you will be able to purchase E15 gasoline this summer after the Environmental Protection Agency issues an emergency waiver around June 1st. E15 is a gasoline that is made from 50% ethanol blend, which is coming from corn and other plant materials. That usually costs 10 cents per gallon less than regular gasoline. The White House says for environmental reasons, E15 is not normally allowed to be sold between June and September 15th, but that will change because of the EPA using a waiver on June 1st to try and make gasoline cheaper. E15 is only available at 2,300 gas stations across the country, and only vehicles made after 2001 can safely burn E15 oil. And how helpful is 10 cents a gallon? Well, some experts are saying it is a step in the right direction. But others are saying it is not enough. Environmentalists are saying allowing this blend during the summer months when it is hotter could make smog worse. This E15 move is in addition to the 1 million barrels a day for the next six months the president released from the strategic reserves, in addition to the 60 million barrels being released by other countries. According to AAA, the price for a gallon of regular gas right now is $4.10, and a month ago it was $4.33, and a year ago it was $2.86. The price for a barrel of crude oil has been hovering in the $90 per barrel range until Tuesday when it jumped back up to over $100 a barrel. Elon Musk, in a letter to Twitter CEO, is offering to buy the company for $43 million to transfer it to a privately owned company. This comes after Elon Musk bought 9.2% of the company last week in the filing to purchase Twitter, Elon Musk said, quote, I invest in Twitter as I believe its potential to be the platform of the free speech around the globe, and I believe free speech is a societal imperative for a functioning democracy. He said in the filing that, however, since making my investment, I now realize this company will neither thrive nor serve the societal imperative in its current form. Musk offered to pay $54 a share, which is up $9 from Wednesday's close of $45.85. Some critics are saying that this is not large enough of an offer, as earlier in the week, stocks were as high as $70 a share. This is only the beginning of this story, and events will continue to unfold. Getting into rapid news, the federal mask mandate was extended until May 3rd. Yelp's health insurance already covered abortion care, but next month the company will also provide travel benefits for U.S. employees and their dependents who need to travel out of state to access these services. Nick, what do you got for Friday morning good news? Alright, so for my good news story today, we go to France, where a retiree actually won a 200 million euro lottery. And what did he do with all this money, you may ask? Well, he donated pretty much all of it. Almost all of the 200 million went to saving rainforests and forest land in the Cote d'Ivoire, which was his home country originally. Uh, He's seen like all the things that have happened to the country over the years, uh, some you know, terrible things, including to the country's forests and all that. And so he wanted to donate as much money as possible to help save that land and to help save those forests. So he would only play the lottery when there was a large jackpot. When the money would get really high, 
and you know it was at near record levels he would that's when he would play and this time he actually won it and like i said donated pretty much all of that money and this is one of the highest lotteries in that specific game's history so record you know record lottery win and it all got donated you know i got to be honest with you if i was ever to win 220 million dollars I would probably donate a decent amount of money of that because what are you going to do with $220 million? Right. But the majority of it, I don't think I could donate the majority of it. The fact that he was able to just, you know, so casually and so easily donate so much of it, like I said, pretty much all of it. It's not even like it was, you know, 55% or something. Most of this money went towards this effort. And that's just honestly respect you know that that's respectable that is amazing that's respectable no that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) that's just straight up impressive in my book i couldn't do it yeah no like i said i would donate a you know a good chunk of change oh of course because really what are you gonna do with that much money right still that's a lot of that i would set up yeah but anyway expecting for it yeah that (laughs) is an awesome good news story thank you nick you are always on top of it with the good news stories but that is the end of this friday morning news episode make sure you follow us on bbp news twitter account for the latest 24 hour breaking news so you are always in the know until sunday morning for a week ahead have a great start to your weekend everybody bye guys